Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Greeting from New Hope International Church. Seattle, Washington. I would like to really encourage you with the Word of God. May the Lord teach us, guide us, reveal the truth from heaven to us, and we're gonna listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit together. In this teaching, I would like to talk about how to discover our calling and our ministry. I would like to invite you to listen to the first two sessions. Of this series of teaching called "Discovering My Calling," in this part of the teaching, I would like to emphasize that in order to discover our own calling and ministry that God asks us to do for Him in this planet Earth, we need to discover how God has shaped us for the service or for the ministry. In the book of Job. Chapter 10, verse 8, the Bible say, "Your hands, God's hands, have made me and fashioned me." The Bible say clearly that God shaped you and me and formed us even before we were born. God has been molding and shaping us for ministry, for the life of service, for living for the kingdom of. Heaven. This is the eternal kingdom. We should focus on living our life for eternal kingdom of God, not just for the things of the world that one day will fade away and disappear. God has been shaping and molding us since we were born. In fact, God started uniquely shaping even before we were born. In Psalm 139, verses 14 to 16, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought into the lowest part of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being set unformed, and in your book. They all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. The Bible clearly say that He wonderfully made us, form us before we were born. There are three important truths from all these scriptures. Number one, we were shaped for a purpose, not by accident, but for a reason. Who shape us? God shape us to be unique. Number two, we are very unique. Nobody else is like us in this planet Earth. From generation to generation, each of us is very unique. If we do not do the ministry God has given us, nobody else is going to do it. Number three, we were. Wonderfully made. We are wonderfully complex. 
we should not complain to God about why He made us different and unique. God specifically designed us for specific intents and purposes. The Book of Romans, chapter 9, verses 20 to 21. But indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, Why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? You see that God is our potter. He formed us. We should not complain against him. We should discover who he makes us to be so that we can fulfill our calling. In the life of ministry, function follows form. In architect, form follows function. What does it mean here? This means that what you are going to do in a building determines how you are going to build it or design it. An architect will ask, what are you going to do in this room or this building or this office? You build a building in such a way to fit its function. When it comes to ministry, it is exactly opposite. Function follows form. What God made you to be determines what function you should have. Ministry is determined by several factors. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 7, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The Bible says clearly that there are many spiritual gifts, different kinds of spiritual gifts. There are diversities of activities and manifestation. In order to discover our calling, we need to understand how God shaped us to be. Therefore, our shape will determine our ministry. There are five factors that influence who we are in Christ and what kind of calling we are given to by the Lord. Number one, the first factor, spiritual gifts. What are we gifted to do? That is the question. Number two, heart desire. What do I love to do? Number three, abilities. Natural talents, vocational skills. Our competence comes from God. What natural talents and skills do we have? Natural abilities are different from spiritual gift. God gives people natural abilities. For example, I have the natural abilities to be able to perform brain surgery. That is not spiritual gift. I have the natural talents to be able to type computer. But I don't have the natural abilities to fix the broken computer or fix a broken engine of the car. I don't have that natural ability. I don't have the natural abilities to cook food. 
but I can be a neurosurgeon. You see, God gives His people natural abilities. Number four, personality. Where does my personality best fit me to serve? We need to serve the Lord or do the ministry that will fit with our personality. Number five, experiences. What spiritual experiences have I had? It's a good question. What painful experiences have I had? What educational experiences have I had? What ministry experiences have I had? Your ministry will be most effective and fulfilling when you are using your spiritual gifts and your natural abilities in the area of your heart's passion and desire, in the way that best expresses your personality and experiences. My brother and sister, remember this. Success is doing what God made you to do. You should not compare yourself with other people. You should not try to compete with other people. You find out who you are in Christ, what kind of shape and uniqueness of your life that God gave you. And you use those things to serve Him faithfully in faith and love. And when you do that, you shall be fruitful and successful. Let's look at one man in the Bible. His name is the Apostle Paul. How Paul's ministry was shaped. Look at the first one. Paul's spiritual gifts. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11. To which I, I means apostle, Paul, was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. He was anointed to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles, not of the Jews. You can see clearly here that Paul mentioned about his spiritual gifts, preaching, being an apostle, and the teacher of the Word of God. Look at Paul's heart, Romans chapter 15, 20. And so I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation. Galatians chapter 2, verse 8, For he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. Acts 20, 24. But none of these things moved me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. After we read these three passages of Scripture, we can conclude that God used Peter to be an apostle of the Jews. That was where his heart was at. But Paul's heart was that he wanted to build God's churches from the scratch. He wanted to build them in areas where there was no church at all. He loved to pioneer a church. He desired to go to the unchurched Gentiles. 
he was called by God to minister, preach the gospel, make disciple, and build churches in the community of the non-Jewish people. He loved to pioneer. That is his passion, his heart desire. You can see now, Paul has the gifts. Paul had the heart's passion and desire. Number three, Paul's ability. Acts chapter 18, verses 2 to 4. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart the Rome, and he came to them. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked for, by occupation, there were ten makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. In Acts chapter 18, we read that in addition to Paul's spiritual gifts of being a preacher, teacher, and apostle, he also has a natural ability to be a tent maker. He was able to make tents. God wants to use your natural talents for the ministry as well. Some of you may be good at fixing things or painting. Some of you may be good at cooking, at computer work, high technology work, all kinds of high tech things that you can do, or you can be good at organization or fixing the car or doing something that other people cannot do very well. Paul also had the ability to debate and to think very fast. You can see here that God can also use our natural ability. He gave us the spiritual gifts, the heart desire, and natural talents and skills. Let's look at Paul's personality here in Galatians chapter 1, verses 13 to 14. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. Paul persecuted the church with fanatical zeal. He did his best. He was a competitive person. He had a boundless enthusiasm. He was at the top of his field. He did his best. He gave it his best shot. He was off the scale. He has this kind of personality. He did everything the best he could. That is his personality. You can see he mentioned about his personality. How about Paul's experiences? He has spiritual experiences. He watched Stephen being stoned when Stephen preached the gospel. In Acts chapter 8, verse 1, Saul was one of the witnesses and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day. 
sweeping all over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the region of Judea and Samaria. So Paul had a spiritual experiences of seeing a believer being stoned and persecuted. He was against Christ before he was born again. He also had the spiritual experiences of his spiritual conversion on the road to Damascus. In Acts chapter 9, verses 1 to 20, we can read that Paul was on the road to Damascus. Then the light from heaven shone on him. He fell under the power. He met Jesus on that road. And the Lord Jesus called him to serve the kingdom of God. He had the experience of encountering the Lord Jesus Christ and the fire of God. Later on, he prayed and God spoke to Ananias and asked Ananias to go to Paul. He laid hand on Paul. His blindness was healed and he received the Holy Spirit. He was baptized with the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands of Ananias. He had spiritual experiences. He also spent time in Arabia. In Galatians chapter 1, verses 17 to 18, he spent time there for three years in order to seek God, to grow spiritually, and to be ready for the ministry. Galatians chapter 1, verses 17 to 18. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. But I went immediately into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter and stay with him 15 days. Paul had the spiritual experiences of spending time with God in Arabia to grow spiritually. My dear brothers and sisters, our life has many chapters. We can have spiritual experiences from one chapter that will prepare us for the next chapter, to the next chapter, to the next chapter. God lead us, guide us little by little, one step at a time. We should not rush God. We should not complain. We should not compare ourselves with other people. For example, for me, I started to accept Christ in Bangkok, Thailand, and I did not know anything about the Bible. And I have a spiritual experience of receiving Jesus Christ and the peace of God came into me. God gave me the experiences of studying the Bible with three couples in Bangkok. I began to learn about Jesus. And then I have the spiritual experiences of being moved by God to another small town in the east part of Thailand. And there I was trained by two American missionary couples. They worked for the Southern Baptists. They trained me, they taught me the Bible, and they allowed me to be an assistant pastor. So I had the experience of building a small Baptist church there, studying the Bible, evangelizing, reaching out to people. Two years later, I had the experiences of being filled with the Holy Spirit in a Christian medical and nursing camps in Thailand. Little by little, then God moved me to America 
and I began to experience building a church in America from scratch, from nothing. I did not know anything because I have been a neurosurgeon. And after that, he showed me how to preach, how to teach, how to make disciples, how to build a church in another culture. By 1996 and 1997, I began to experience the baptism with fire, step by step. After that, he let me experience the ministry of deliverance or casting out demons. You can see that chapter to another chapter to another chapter. That's how God works in our life to build our faith. It's a faith walk. It's a faith journey. Paul also has the spiritual experiences of seeing the vision from God. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 2 to 7, I read for you. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know, or whether out of the body, I do not know. He did not mention his name. Actually, he talked about himself. He was very humble. God knows such a one was caught up to the third heaven. So Paul had the experience of going to the third heaven where the throne of God was. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one, I will boast yet of myself. I will not boast except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, but I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Paul talked about his experiences of visiting heaven in these scriptures. He also talked about his painful experiences in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 23 to 27. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes, minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times. I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness. Wow, Paul went through a lot. When I read this scripture, I cannot complain at all what I have to go through in this life. I cannot compare 
my suffering with the suffering that Paul went through. Second Corinthians twelve seven. Unless I should exalt above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I exalted above measure. Paul's painful experiences helped him shape his life to become more like Jesus Christ. Therefore, we should use the painful experience for the benefit of the kingdom of God. I myself went through. Many painful experiences as well, and I responded to those experiences by repenting, growing, allowing God to shape my life so that I can become more mature and I can be ready for the next chapter of my life. No one really knows what the thorn in the flesh of Paul was. God intentionally inspired Paul not to mention what it was. So that everyone can relate to it. Some people think it was a physical illness, such as poor eyesight, or whatever illness it was. We do not truly know what it was. Something handicapped in his life hindered him from serving God as fully as he wanted to. It kept him from being puffed up with pride. God wants us to be humble. And realize that we are not perfect; we have some shortcomings, and we need to depend on the grace and the power of God. All of us have gone through painful experiences in life, even before we became a Christian. So it's wonderful to have spiritual experiences, to have painful experiences, and to have. All kind of good experiences and bad experiences, so that we can serve God effectively. Paul's educational experiences are mentioned in Acts chapter twenty-two, verse three. I am indeed a Jew born in Tarsus, of Cilicia, but brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, taught according to the strictness of our fathers' law, and was zealous toward God, as you. All are today. Gamaliel was the number one Jewish teacher in Paul's days. It was like studying from the best and most knowledgeable Bible scholar around. He was the most well-trained in the Jewish faith in those days. So Paul had the educational experience of being trained and taught by one of the best teachers and scholar. In his generation, Paul's ministry experiences can be found in the book of Acts. You can read about his experiences of his ministry in the book of Acts. Paul had all kind of experiences. We need to find our spiritual gifts, and that will be the next few teaching session in this series. Finding. Your spiritual gift. You need to find your heart's desire, your natural talents, abilities, and skills. You need to discover your personality, examine your experiences, and after that, you should be able to identify some ministries, some possibility of serving God. And I recommend that. 
you should meet your church leaders, your pastor or assistant pastor, and join the monthly leadership training class in the church, so that you can serve the Lord, get involved in the ministry in the church. You can start from some simple ministry, and as you are faithful in the little things, God will use you more, and God will. Help you to develop your gifts and your ministry. You need to identify your unique shape, S H A P E. Those five things: your spiritual gift. You unwrap your gift, and you can understand what God called you to be and to do. Unwrap your spiritual gift. You monitor your heartbeat. If you can. Find out your heart's desire. You can clarify what you really love to do. Then, you discover your natural abilities and apply your natural talents and ability, so that you can serve God with your natural abilities as well. You may be good at cooking. You can get involved in the kitchen or food ministry. You may be good. In fixing cars, so you can serve in the area of ministry of helps to help some people who lack finances in fixing their car. You can serve them. Then you find out your personality. You serve God in a ministry that will fit with your personality, and you can do the best you can. With your personality, you examine your experiences. This will help you review your history to discover how God has prepared you for a unique ministry that only you can fulfill. Remember this: find these five factors and have fun in serving the Lord. Be faithful in serving the Lord. Step by step, chapter by chapter, evaluate yourself, examine yourself every day, repent of your sin, ask the leading of the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal in your heart who you are, what kind of heart's passion you have, what kind of gift you have. Consult with your church leaders, and volunteer. Pull up your sleeve. Get involved, serve with a sincere heart, faithful heart, and the Lord will guide you step by step. And one day, when you go to heaven, you will be so thankful to the Lord, to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and you will have rewards in heaven. Remember this: the things of the world, your house, your bank account. Your car, your refrigerator. One day, all these things will be gone from you. But your rewards, your mansion in heaven, will be with you for eternity. Therefore, don't live your life in this world for the things of the world, but get involved in building the kingdom of God, in preaching the gospel, making disciple, building. A biblical, spirit-filled church 
the holy church serve the Lord Jesus Christ faithfully. And one day you will stand before Jesus and he will say to you, good and faithful servant, come in and rejoice in the presence of God and receive the crown of glory, the crown of righteousness, and you will be full of glory in heaven. God bless you. I hope to see you in other teachings in this series. The next one, I will begin to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that you can discover your spiritual gifts that God has put into your life. So this is a third lesson. Please listen to the first, second. After this one, go to the next one, learning about the spiritual gift. God bless you. Thank you so much for spending time together with me. Father, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will reveal the shape that my brother and sister was designed by you, Lord. The spiritual gift, the heart desire, abilities, personality, and experiences, Lord. Father, use them, anoint them, guide them, train them, and provide for them, Lord. Give them the heart of steadfastness, faithfulness, faith, love, and tenacity. Lord, use them greatly in this generation. And whatever they are doing for you, Lord, and will do for you in the future, Lord, it will bring the blessing, salvation, and good things to this generation and the generations to come. In Jesus' name, put your hand on them and anoint them, Lord. Give them the heart of flesh. Remove the stony heart from them and help them to be spiritual Christians. And they will look at the things above, not on this planet Earth. They will be used by you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Thank you.